Good afternoon and welcome to the Serious uh, Security Seminar from Purdue University. Our speaker today is a PhD student here at Purdue, Rachel Sitars. Uh, she's also a, a graduate, uh, got her bachelor's degree here in 2007. Uh, while she's been working on her PhD, she's done some full-time work for the Indiana State Police as well as the IT security group here at Purdue, where she's working currently. She's going to be talking to you today about a conference she went to sponsored by National Science Foundation about participation of women in cybersecurity. The, uh, the low uh, number in comparison to men in the field basically is uh, akin to us going into the battle with one arm tied behind our back. So she's going to share her experiences there at that conference. Rachel? All right. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having me today. I'm super excited to um, be talking to you guys about the conference that I went to a few weeks ago. I think it was about three weeks ago. And like you said, I'm Rachel. I'm a PhD student here at Purdue in cyber forensics, and I'm going to go over my background a little bit. This is an outline for what I'm going to discuss today, um, kind of general outline, but it can be long-winded, so I'm going to try to stick to this and not get too far off track. I'll keep my eye on the clock. So um, a little bit about me. I am a lifetime Boilermaker. I have been here since 2003. Is anyone else jealous that they haven't been here for the last 11 years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I did my undergrad here. I studied law and society, forensics and psychology. Graduated in 2007. Um, I was a student athlete during that time here. I was a swimmer, still am. But um, that's kind of one of the reasons that I came here originally for athletics. Never thought that I would ever be in technology whatsoever. I would say, honestly, I, when I first started school, I knew how to use Word and Excel, and that was pretty much it. So um, I was, you know, never thought that I'd be in this, this spot that I'm in now. I um, entered the Cyber Forensics program in 2008 and got my master's in 2010. I, uh, my, the second semester of my senior year in undergrad, Mark Rogers, my professor, came and gave a presentation about cyber forensics. And that was my Oprah aha moment. And that's why I entered the program in 2008. And um, so now I am working on my PhD. Hopefully, I will graduate soon. Um, SPAF is on my committee. And when I said I have a year left, he laughed at me and said, good luck. So we'll see how much longer I have. But I am done with my coursework, so that's a good thing. During this entire time that I've been in school, I have been working full-time. So as you can imagine, I don't sleep very much, I guess. I'm pretty busy, typically. But I worked for the Indiana State Police for the last three years. And I was on the Crimes Against Children Task Force. And I was a criminal intelligence analyst. So basically, those creepy online predators, I did analysis on them and tracked them down every single day. As you can imagine, that's a pretty dark field. And after a while, I was like, I need to take a step back from this because it's too much. So I, a job was opened for, for Purdue in the IT security and policy. And I took that. So now what I do, I build analytical products based on the threats that we see at the Purdue network. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. A little bit different, but still get to do what I'm good at is that's analyzing bad things online. So a little bit more, um, I have the Homeland Security STEM Fellowship through Purdue Vaccine. And my areas of research since I've started have been about the psychological and behavioral analysis of online criminals. And most of it has been around those child predators. That's kind of where my expertise has, has gotten. 
I um, did a paper on internet addiction of child pornographers, and that actually just got accepted into a journal. So in May, I will be going to Virginia to present that, and it will be in their journal afterwards, so that's really exciting. I also did some projects on criminal organizations using the cloud. So as you can imagine, that's, you know, they're going to use any technology that they can too. So, and I've um, presented that a number of times as poster presentations. I got the opportunity to go and present some of my research and my findings at the National Academy of Sciences in uh, Southern California, I can't remember which town, maybe Irvine. And that was in December, I think, two years ago. So it was really nice to leave Indiana and go um, to nice, warm Southern California to present. And I got to stay there, I think, like five days. It was pretty awesome. So, um, and as I said, I've been accepted into that journal. And I also was featured in USA Today. And that's where that picture, yes, I used to be a blonde. I'm no longer, as you can tell. Um, but that was in USA Today, so that was pretty neat, too. So a few other things. And... I will get to why I'm sharing all of this here in a second. I'm a crazy cat lady, as you can see. That's my cat, Russell, wearing swim goggles because I'm a swimmer, so why wouldn't I have him wear swim goggles, right? Uh, I'm a swimmer and athlete at heart. I swim probably every day, almost every day. And I have a team in town. I hate cancer. My dad passed away from cancer, so I'm passionately against cancer. That's my dad down in the corner. And I'm a believer in positivity because positivity takes you a long ways. So... Why am I sharing all of this? Because I think um, coming from liberal arts, coming from this diverse background I have, it's really important to remember that you can have it all, that women especially can have it all. Women are often you know, told you can't do everything. You can't, you know, you can't be the full-time worker and a mom and you know, have a nice house and all that stuff, but you can. You can have it all. You can do what you want, and it's good to have a passion in life about what it is that you really enjoy. For me, if I didn't do all, my, all the other crazy things, dress my cat, swim every day, I would go crazy, honestly. I have to do all that stuff. That's what, how I decompress. So, you know, and, and coming from liberal arts, coming from psychology and those, you know, fluffy, those fluffy um, different backgrounds, Technology has been really hard for me. Coming into this, coming into cyber forensics, first few months, first few semesters, I was like, what is this? What, you know, what is programming? But I've had to just dive in and, and learn it. And I can honestly say when I started, I barely knew how to turn a computer on. Now I know more than the average person. So it's, you know, you're not incapable of learning it just because you're a girl. So that is why I shared all that. So I recently got to go to Nashville and that was uh, April 11th and 12th for the Women's Cybersecurity Conference. It was the first one for this, pro this specific program. Um, and they were, they were funded by the um, NSFs, and they have two years of full funding. So that's, they'll be having another one next year, and it's in Atlanta. So I'm hoping to go to that one, too. But it brought together a lot of um, teachers, students, faculty, people in industry, and just a diverse group of people to all talk about why women need to be in cybersecurity, why it's important to bring women into this field. There are tons of different areas. There are breakout sessions. There were so many different ones to choose from. There was academics, research, industry, and government. So there are tons of different things to learn about in each section. And they gave a lot of women scholarships to attend. I was one of them. They paid for my housing. I got all of my meals, which was really good. They had some really good food there. And um, they just really did a great job at getting a lot of women there and taking care of them, too. 
So <clears throat> I'm going to say a few facts that I, I that's just it's just the way it is. There's a lot of there's a significant shortage of women in this field. We I mean look around in this room. There's two girls? Yeah, not many. There's a lot more a lot more men. So you know, it's very male dominated. It's mostly men and it's growing much faster than any other fields. If you look at the statistics, I mean, they say that it's just it's growing rapidly far more than any other career. And it's estimated to grow to nearly 4.2 million professionals in 2015. That can't be all men. It can't be. It has, we need to bring women into this field because women br bring another mindset. Women are able to bring another component. And working in teams, it just makes it more diverse and to come to stronger conclusions. So um, just some stats that I found that I thought were really interesting. 27% are computer scientists. That's a really low number. 3.1% of tech are um, women, CEOs. So, you know, most women, nearly half, were discouraged from joining any sort of STEM career. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later on. But I think those stats are alarming and really show the need to bring more women into this field. Instead of encouraging women to just go into teaching, just go into nursing, which those are great careers as well, but you know, we can't just have a cookie cutter society. We need to bring women into this field as well. So why should they come into this field? Of course, we all know technology is always evolving. It's always changing. I mean, I got my phone like a year ago and that's so outdated now. So I mean, it just it's always changing. It's always evolving and it's part of our daily lives and it's part of society's daily lives, businesses, everybody uses technology. I can't think of a single entity that doesn't use technology in some form. So, and there's constant exploits. And that's something I've really seen by working here at Purdue for ITAP since I've started. Constantly, every single day, there's tons of exploits. There's tons of security attempts, you know, phishing attempts or other kind of problems with the technology. So, you know, being able to mitigate these problems and to come to solutions and really cut down on all of the threats and the, the um, exploits, we need to have a diverse group of people who are working on that. Because if we only have one form, one, you know, I'm sorry for the men, but if we only have men, we're not going to have, you know, other solutions that possibly could um, prevent these attacks. We need to have diversity within um, cybersecurity. So the objectives for this conference was to increase women's involvement in cybersecurity, raise awareness about the importance of this field, and bring women together to just share in the experience and their knowledge, networking, and mentoring. There was, um, during the conference, there was this girl, and she looked so young. I, I, was, I was like, how are you even in college? And, she was a freshman, so she, you know, it was her first semester. But she asked one of the presenters, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I spoke with her afterwards for quite some time, for probably about 20 or 30 minutes, and just told her, you know, you have a while, first of all, to figure out what it is that you want to do. But there's so many opportunities in this field. And there's so much potential, and there's so many different things you can do. And I told her about how in cyber forensics, we've had somebody who did a project on Xbox because they really liked Xbox. We had someone right now doing a project on Roku because that's what he was you know, interested in. Whatever it is that you're interested in, you can do that in cybersecurity and find your place and find your niche. So um, I thought this was really interesting. And this was on the Women's Cybersecurity Conference's website. 
And they just some re reasons that women don't choose STEM fields. And you know, stereotypical notions, lack of social support, lack of confidence in women. There's so many different reasons why women don't go into these STEM fields. And you know, usually a lot of times our society is pushing women to do specific stereotypical stereotypical um, careers and not to think about STEM. You know, don't go into that. That's a boys. That's a boys field. You don't want to be in that. So you know, push them to do, like I said, ter uh, teaching or nursing, and they don't encourage them to go into the STEM fields. I mean, I went into liberal arts, and I, I'm not going to say that that was a bad experience because I definitely have a very interdisciplinary mindset now. But I went into liberal arts because. That's what I should do. I should go into that. I never thought about computers before that. I never thought that I would ever be doing that. So, you know, it's really important that we break down these stereotypes and break down these notions that women can't do this or women shouldn't do this. And definitely getting more role models is so important, I think, for bringing more women into this, this um, field. The last few summers, I've done um, little days on campuses with high school kids or middle school kids and I've showed them about cyber forensics and they're mostly girls who are kind of considering it and you know when they go sit down and I give them this fake case and in this case my cat is the bad guy uh, again like I said at the beginning I'm the crazy cat lady my cat's the bad guy but um, you know they get to click through and use some of the tool the cyber forensics tools and like wow this is actually really easy I can do this and it's just so empowering for them because before you know that I go out maybe I'll be a physical therapist or I'm going to be a teacher or this that and the other and don't think about the STEM fields and the possibilities that they could have. So um, there are a lot of different activities that happened in this two days and when I go back and look at the outline of what they had it's really hard to believe that we went through that much and two days because they just had so many different things that they did but it was really incredible my review I actually told them I think it should be longer because I think there are so many more um, sessions and so many different people I would have liked to hear speak that I just wasn't able to so um, they had a poster session that started off the first day and that was really neat um, I had my poster for that I did for the serious symposium as well and when I had it up and I got to my my spot a lot of people were like waiting for me to get there to like talk to me because they recognized Sirius or they recognized Purdue and they're like, oh, I want to know some more information. I had one girl, one of the first people I talked to was like, I've been waiting on my acceptance letter from Purdue. Can you tell them to, to get me in? And I'm like, well, that's not me, so I don't know. But, um, you know, it was, really, it was really neat to see people gravitate right to my poster just because it had Sirius written on it. I thought that was a really cool, really cool um, opportunity and it was really neat so they also had a resume workshop which unfortunately I didn't attend but um, I imagine my resume right now is seven pages long so I imagine they would have just said cut it down but I don't think that there's any way I can do that right now um, but they also had a career fair and I really felt that that was extremely beneficial they had IBM Lockheed Martin Microsoft MIT regions Facebook IU which I went up to the IU booth just to say boiler up because I had to. I just couldn't not do that. Um, they had Etsy. I mean, the list really goes on. I mean, who would think that Etsy is looking for cybersecurity? Do you guys, do the guys even know what Etsy is? Does anyone here know what Etsy is? I know the girls know what it is. Yeah, yeah. They're looking for people for cybersecurity. So, um, 
you know, it was really neat to see opportunities in places that I never even thought of. I mean, Etsy, for example, I go on that probably at least twice a day. I'm guilty. But, you know, who, who would think that they have cybersecurity needs? So that was really neat. Um, and then once we had the breakout sessions, each it was through 30 minute intervals. And each um, breakout session, there are three different ones that you can choose from. It was academic, government, or industry. And I would say I, I spent most of my time in industry just because academic, there, a lot of those were about how to do research, how to find what research you want to do. And for me, since I've been in school forever, I kind of know <laughs> where my research is going. But um, it, was really, it was really neat to be able to have all the different um, different topics that they were talking about. Then they had a panel session, and that was really pretty neat too. And Kelly, who is a serious uh, PhD, I believe, she was on one of the panels, and that's the one that I sat through. And it was really neat to hear her story and to hear the other ladies' stories. And they just asked so many questions, and it was, it was really um, a great opportunity. And then networking and talking with those other ladies afterwards, it was very beneficial. And they also had some lightning talks, which were very interesting. I had never experienced those before, but they had, I think, uh, eight or eight or ten different lightning talks, and it was basically five-minute increments. And the person got up there, and they talked about their topic for five minutes, and then once that five-minute hit, next person's up. And it was it was pretty interesting. There was a lot of information that was. Um, pushed out there, and I, I wish I had the opportunity to hear more. One of the ladies that did one of the lightning talks, I pulled her aside afterwards, and I was like, I want to talk to you more, and so we exchanged business cards, and I was able to, um, I've been able to pick her brain a little bit. And then they also had um, birds of a feather, which is another thing that I've never experienced at a conference before, but I felt that it was, it was really neat. It was kind of taking two people who have similar backgrounds or similar interests and want to talk about one topic. And that one was um, with a lady named Caroline Dennis, which I will talk about here in a little bit. But, um, and there was another lady, and I can't, I'm blanking on her name right now, but they talked about certifications and programming and what's good to um, have and what will help really help you in this field later on. And um, then they also had some technical presentations, which, as I said, I come from the liberal arts, and while I definitely know more about technology than I would say a lot of people, I'm not, I don't know how to code yet. I, I do want to learn, so if anyone here is good at coding, teach me. Um, but they were just talking about hacking and different um, aspects, and it was really interesting because it was this girl, she works for Regions Bank, and she was like, she, I mean, she was cute. She was, you know, really pretty, wearing high heels. She didn't look like what you think of as a nerdy, geeky hacker, right? And so it was really cool to hear what she has to say. Although it was very technical what she was talking about. At some points I was like, what? I don't know what's going on right now. So a um, few of the presenters that I thought were really great. This is Lisa Foreman. She has a nonprofit called Cyber Jutsu. I think I said that right. Um, and so they started originally to bring women together and to teach girls, younger girls, about cybersecurity, teach them about the STEM fields and the opportunities within it, and really just give them mentorship and networking and those opportunities that a lot of people don't have. I know for me, you know, I started in 2008 in technology. I was, I was really, you know, 
underwater. I did not know what I was doing. I didn't know even how to write a thesis. I remember that when I was writing that, there were days where I just sat there and stared at my computer and cried. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I got through it and pretty soon I'll be writing my dissertation. So I imagine that I will be the same way again. <laughs> but, um, you know, with her organization, she really works with bringing knowledge and mentorship to girls and I think that that's just so valuable having someone to look up to you and to give you those answers I don't know what I want to do what can I do I mean just like when I talked with that freshman girl I was able to kind of give her some guidance and tell her what I do and what you know what path I've taken and she seemed interested in it and so just giving people some ideas and where they want to take their life and it within cybersecurity I think is very beneficial and with hers she actually um, was saying that her organization, they are a nonprofit waiting on their 501c3, but they have like subsections all out throughout the United States and they're looking for people to start other, you know, cyber jutsu organizations around the country just to bring more awareness and mentorship to girls within this field. And um, this is Robin Williams. When I saw that originally on the sheet, I was like, oh, Robin Williams is here. Totally got to go to that one, but it's not the, the same one. But he goes by Montana, so I mean, how can you forget that kind of name? He works for Homeland Security, and he does the um, cybersecurity education awareness. And he his team is in charge of the National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Does, has anyone ever heard of that before? Yeah, yeah. I have never heard of that, and so really, um, that caught me off guard. I was like, wow, that's really neat and something I was looking more into. Um, but he works for DHS. He does a lot of fellowships and um, giving you know students, graduate students in this field monies and then they come and work for him afterwards. And I talked to him about my DHS fellowship that I have afterwards and he was really excited and we've been communicating on LinkedIn ever since. So, you know, never have too many contacts, ever. That's one thing I have learned in grad school. You can never have too many contacts. You should always try to network. But um, what really stuck out for his presentation, he talked about, one, how they're really, federal agencies are looking for more women in cybersecurity because right now is highly male-dominated and you're going to keep getting male responses to things. When you can throw some females in there, you're going to get some other kind of, um, kind of, you know, solutions to the problems or, you know, solutions to the, the projects that are, they're working on. So he was talking about that, but then also he was talking about how society really does encourage those stereotypical girl jobs for girls, right? When you're a girl, you're playing nurse and doing, you know, playing house and all of that stuff. And he was saying he's even guilty of it. His daughter, I guess, is 15 or 16. And he said that he finds himself saying, well, why don't you think about nursing? Why don't you think about teaching? And he was like, and then I catch myself. I'm like, wait, I know that there's a need in cybersecurity. There's a demand, job security. Why wouldn't I encourage her for this to go on this um, path? And that's what he does every day. You would think if anybody would be telling his child about it, it'd be him. But um, it was very, it was very interesting. And he gave a great presentation. So this is Caroline Dennis, and I spoke about her a few minutes ago. And this is probably the most beneficial presentation that I sat through. I really enjoyed her presentation. This was the birds of a feather um, one, and she spoke with Jean Pollock, who was the chair, and she um, she's a big programmer and coder, and she taught herself, I guess, all the languages she knows, she taught herself. She was talking about how 
she grew up in you know an impoverished area and she knew that the way out was with computers and she taught herself how to program and then all these different languages and they just had really fantastic advice about different certifications programming languages that are good to learn where to start I mean I was taking notes on my phone I have about 15 different certifications that I need to start thinking about but I really benefited a lot from this presentation and especially you know really about the certifications like they talked about that in nearly every presentation, but hers really drove it home that I need to start working on that. For me, I don't have any certifications. I have the degrees, and I'm going to have you know another degree here, hopefully, again within the year. Um, we'll see though. <laughs> but you know, it's just giving an idea of what company is, what the government, what people are looking for to have on the resume, those keywords. I think it was hugely beneficial. So. We know what I'll be doing this summer. Um, so and they just, afterwards, they really went through a lot of really great, um, great certifications, great just things that I should look into. And then afterwards, I went and spoke with her, and there were so many people who wanted to talk with her. It was about a 15-minute wait. I was just standing there waiting and waiting. And when I um, got up to talk with her, and there were still some other girls standing around, and I was telling her about my interdisciplinary background. She's like, yes, that's something I forgot to talk about. And just saying how valuable it is to have an interdisciplinary background. It's great to be specific in one area to say that this is my specialty and that's what I'm good at. But to be able to understand from all angles makes you that much more valuable because you're not just on one road. You can think about it from all areas. So, um, she is another one that was very beneficial. We've communicated on LinkedIn. Now we're communicating on email. And so the last almost three weeks, we've been communicating back and forth almost every day. So it's been really neat to make these connections. So um, the keynotes, I thought that they were fantastic. And part of it was because, at least this one, Deb Finke, I believe you say her name, she talked about Purdue and talked about SPAF, which was really neat. I was like, yeah. And she just like dropped his name, like you know, it's common common knowledge. We all should know who Spath is. But I really, um, really enjoyed her keynote, and I really felt I identified with her. And I'm not really sure what it was that stuck out to me, why I felt like I identified with her, but for whatever reason, I did. And I, I mean, it could have been that she talked about she does everything. You can see these pictures. I mean, she's you know writing things, but then she's also really passionate about horses, and that's her passion. And I identified with that because of swimming and. My, uh, I'm sorry, my um, crazy cat lady habits, um, but I really, I really identified with her, and I, I really enjoyed her presentation. So, the main takeaway from her presentation that I really thought was valuable was that women often don't ask. If you don't ask, you definitely won't get. You definitely don't know if you don't ask. And she was saying how you know sometimes you need to work from home. Sometimes you want more money you think that you're worth more and women often just settle for it you know what they're given they said there's no way that they'll let me work from home there's no way they'll give me a raise so I'm not even gonna ask but if you don't ask you don't know and that's something that really stuck out and that I took with me um, from her presentation and um, you know she talked about how you can do it all and a lot of that comes back to that asking you know women are expected to be to take care of the house, to take care of the kids, do everything and, and be, you know, Superman. But you can't do it all if you don't ask. If you just assume you need to sit behind a desk from 8 to 5, 
that's what you're going to be doing. They can't read your mind. Your bosses can't read your mind. If you say, you know, ask them, hey, three days a week, can I work from home? Maybe they'll give it to you. Or maybe they'll negotiate something. But again, if you don't ask, you don't know. Um, she was talking about how, I, th I believe now she works with the NSA, but she was saying how she was asked to go, I think, to D.C., and she lives in Iowa. And she was like, no, I'm not making this big move. Her husband was sick. She, I mean, she was saying all these different things were keeping her in place. And so she was like, well, let's negotiate. Can I, you know, fly out twice a week or two, for two days and then fly back? And at first they're like, no. And then she was like, okay, well, if you don't want me that bad, then okay, see ya. And then they're like, okay, yeah, we do. And eventually she got what she wanted. And that just really drove home the fact that we have to ask and not just assume that it wouldn't work out. Um, these were the closing remarks. This was Becky Bass. And Becky, I guess, is a good friend of Spaff, so that's why I threw that picture up with him on there. But she gave a fantastic closing remark. Um, I would say she definitely inspired a lot of the women in the room. Just, I mean, everyone stood up after her presentation. We're just, you know, giving her a round of applause. And um, again, this was another presentation where she just name dropped Purdue and Sirius. And I was like, yes, I'm part of that. So cool. <laughs> but, um, I spoke with her after, and she is connecting me with somebody who goes to uh, Southern Alabama, one of her students that she knows of, who does research and very similar to mine about you know internet and forensics and those um, those online criminals. And so she's going to connect me with this individual. So again, network, network, network. You can never network too much, and it just really um, it was very beneficial, and it was it was really neat to hear her speak. So uh, there are a number of takeaways from this presentation, or from this, this conference, sorry. Women are just as capable as men. And I know it sounds silly. Of course, we know that. It's 2014, right? We know that women can do it all, too. But I mean, honestly, there have been a number of times where people have asked me, what do you do? And when I explain to them, they're like, isn't that a man's job? And have said things like that, especially when I worked for the state police. And not to knock on the state police, but you know, there's a lot of that good old boys club and girls just don't do that stuff but we do and we can and girls are just as capable diverse teams really do work better and you know just to drive it home can't if you just have one set if you just have men in it if just that one kind of mindset you're never going to be able to think outside the box and to bring other people in to make it diverse it allows to think outside the box and it allows for you know a stronger um mitigation of the problem or, or finding a good solution to, you know, this project that you might be working on. Um, to be a mentor to other women whenever I can, that really is something that I took away. I really hope I have the opportunity to inspire other women and to get them into the STEM fields. I think um, it's really important that women have someone to talk with and to guide them. And I really hope that, you know, in my throughout my career that I can give that to you, pay it forward and give that to some other girls who are thinking about STEM. Recently I um, talked with somebody who brought their 15-year-old niece from Ohio and he wanted to bring her in the cyber forensics lab just to see what it's about and stuff and um, I spoke with them and showed her around the lab and different things that we do and afterwards he sent me an email and was like you're so passionate about it she has absolutely loved it and then I found out a week later, two weeks later, she was introducing herself saying, hey, I'm going to be going into cyber forensics. So, I mean, just to be able to have that impact, it's really important. And I think that 
all girls who go through a STEM field should take the opportunity to pay it forward and to give that to other other women so that we can keep bringing in more diversity into this this field and um, this is a growing profession we all know that I mean that's why we're all here cybersecurity is a huge field and it's constantly growing and especially as technology becomes even more part of our daily lives and part of businesses that you know it's going to continue to grow and need more people to be in this field so um, there's a lot of job opportunities they're definitely countless and I learned about a lot more than I originally thought it kind of had prior to this you know I either work for the federal government or I teach and you know that's kind of it but I learned about so many different opportunities and it really was eye-opening and very neat to to see those different opportunities and that um, the last thing I really learned is that I can fit into any sector and I thought that was very important there was one point where I'm like, I'm going to work for the FBI. If you, anyone Googles my name and you go onto YouTube, there's a video where I'm giving a presentation and I said, I want to work for the FBI. So, you know, that was kind of my mindset. And now I see that, you know, really it doesn't have to just be that, that path. I can go into any field. I can teach. I can go into industry. There's tons of different fields and there's tons of different opportunities constantly um, presenting themselves. So um, those are some major takeaways from that. What I learned um, to not underestimate, my, underestimate myself, I think it's easy to kind of say, well, you know, I'm a liberal arts minded. There's no way that I can code because, you know, I'm just, I'm a psychology person or I'm a sociology person. That's not true. I shouldn't underestimate myself. I know I definitely don't do that in athletics. So why would I do that in school? And why would I do that in my career? So, um, and I think that's a important for all people to just never under, underestimate yourself because you can constantly learn and constantly grow as a person. Um, if you don't ask, you'll never get it. can't just assume that someone knows what you're thinking about and you can't just be intimidated by the big boss and you know the big room. You have to ask. If you don't ask, you don't know. The worst that someone can say is no. I mean, then you move on. You say, okay, they said no. But if you don't ask, you don't know. Um, I learned that certifications are hugely valuable, that a lot of um, companies especially, they are looking at resumes and looking for certain key terms, and some of those are the certifications. So those are something that I'm definitely going to be working on all summer to try to get that on my resume, maybe make my resume to, resume to um, eight pages or nine pages. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I guess if you've been in college for 10, 10 and a half years, it's going to be long, right? Um, and then um, mentoring people, I think it's just really important that I pay that forward and hopefully I can get other people to join me and mentor girls or girls and boys, just people in the community to go into STEM because, you know, if they're going to go into a cybersecurity program, what's a better program to be in than this? I mean, it really is. This is the best one to be part of, so... Um, some advice. Women are expected to be Superman, to do it all, to have it all and be successful at everything. But I think it's really important that women define what success means to them. To me, being able to get my PhD, I'm the first one in my family who will be a doctor. My, you know, I'm reminded of that all the time. My family's always like, you're going to be the first Dr. Sitars, and that's really cool. But, you know, what, whatever success means to you. If that means just having a family, that's that's your version of success, and that's fine. You know, you have to define it for yourself and not let someone else define it for you. 
and um, you know, reach for your dreams. And it sounds so cliche to say, but you have to go after what it is that you want. I really never thought that I would want to be a PhD in cyber forensics. Never thought that. But you know, when Dr. Rogers was speaking to me, or speaking to, to just me, right? When he was speaking to the class, um, my second semester, my senior year, I was like, this is, this is what I need to be doing. This is something that I can make an impact in. This is what I've been looking for. And just, it felt right. And, you know, I went after it. Even though it was scary, thinking about going into technology when I barely knew anything, I went after it. And you just have to follow, follow yourself and follow your dreams and reach for it. So with that, um, leave you with that quote. All your dreams can come true if you have the courage to pursue them. Walt Disney, good quote. But um, if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer anything. Thank you, Rachel. I have a question. Um, about three weeks or so, our speaker, Masuda Bush Bashir, professor from University of Illinois, was here. And she had gotten her bachelor's degree in computer science from Purdue in the early 90s. I got a bachelor's degree in computer science from Purdue in the early 80s. And my recollection is that when I was in school, about a third of the students in computer science were women. She said by the time she was there in the early 90s, it was no more than 10%. And I think from then until now, I don't think computer science has really broken that 10% barrier. In fact, it might even have gone lower. So we were trying to figure out what happened in the 1980s that precipitated this drop in and uh, women participation in computer science. So I'm curious, was there any discussion about what happened in the past? Because I think it, it wasn't such a, uh, a big imbalance then. Um, no one discussed that at the presentation, or at the conference, I'm sorry. Um, and I was little in the 1980s, so I don't know. <laughs> but. Um, my, my first thought when you were saying that was perhaps, you know, when the 80s is kind of when computers really started to, like, people were talking about it, and so it was exciting, and maybe, you know, a lot of people were going into it because of that reason, and then maybe it, somehow it transitioned to, nope, this is, this is a boys' thing, and society just starting to put that pressure onto girls to not go in the, into the STEM fields, but um, no one really talked about that. More so just the now, I would say, but that would be an interesting project. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. For the conference that you went to, are there notes or videos or other things posted online for that yet? Um, they have some stuff on, on their website, and if you just Google Women in Cybersecurity Conference, you can find their website. They also have a Facebook page where there's been a lot of talk since then, and um, I know I get like emails from them, and they say, "Here's this free certification for you know two weeks. Do it and stuff." So it's really cool to get those. Um, they took a lot of pictures. I don't know that they videoed any of the presentations, but um, yeah, if you Google it, you can definitely check out their website and see if there's something that would be beneficial to you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you.